Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action on page 77. We will be reading uh, the third line in on the top of the page, starting with our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be a maximum service to God and the people about us. Finishing that paragraph, ending in talk of spiritual discovery. So we'll be commenting on those seven sentences only. Today's readers are, thank you Team Tuesday, Heidi B, Barb W, Nancy R on the steps, Alice A on the traditions, Nancy C, our newcomer reader, Chris G, and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Ken WH. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, April 24th, 7 a.m., 20,188. That's 20188. And the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 20,189. That's 20189. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for Your Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Alice A. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Alice. Good morning, this is Alice A., Recovering Compulsive Eater from Alabama. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could really restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice those principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you so much, Alice. I'm now going to ask Nancy C. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, please, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., by God's grace, recovered today, calling from Las Vegas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our commonwealth bear should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, prestige vote us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and COA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Nancy C. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear my timer or you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study. We're in the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action at the top of page 77. We are at the third line in, starting with our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. 
doing seven sentences following to the end of the paragraph, talk of spiritual discoveries. I am now going to ask Heidi B. to get us started. Go ahead, Heidi. Grab that mic. Let's go. Good morning. This is Heidi B. from New York, recovered for today. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone religious. In the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? We may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. He is going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. And whenever I read um, this, uh, fit ourselves to be of maximum service, um, I think about uh, fit for purpose, um, which is a term at work that we use for um, IT. And it means that, um, you know, that, that the software is capable of meeting its objectives. Heidi, we lost you. Heidi, press star one to unmute. Not sure how you got oh. muted, but you, there you are. Okay, sorry. I don't know where you lost me, but. Um, uh, you, you were talking about the IT term? Yeah. You use so, it work? Take the purpose? Yes. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. I was just saying that it means that, um, that the software is capable of, of meeting its objectives, right? So when I think about um, needing to fit myself for purpose, you know, how do I make myself um, suitable for, for my purpose? Um, and, you know, it tells us, right, it's seldom wise to, you know, lead with this um, uh, religious, um, where oh, it says we, you know, that uh, telling someone that we have gone religious and, um, you know, like Bill told us already, like they're going to tell us what they have done, right? So they know like, hey, here's something that doesn't work. Um, but what does work, they tell us is um, demonstrating a sincere desire to set the right wrong. And so as I'm doing my amends, as I'm going through step nine, and I'm ready to go out there, um, you know, for me, and I, I heard someone share this yesterday, um, you know, I can't go out there trying to check a box and frantically trying to do this because I'm desperately afraid of not relapsing. And, and I am afraid of, of relapse, um, but that's, you know, I, I need to be as, you know, as in step eight, I, you know, I ask for the willingness to be completely ready. I need to be ready to, um, to really be sincere about this. And if I'm not ready to make that particular amends, then I, I do some other ones. I don't, you know, just not do anything. I keep, I keep moving um, until I am ready to make that one. But, um, you know, I need to be sincere about it. I need to go in with a heart of, I really am um, sorry for, for what I've done and I really do want to do better. Um, and so, uh, when I go in with that attitude, you know, just as I can um, pick up, like, you know, how other people are, other people's messages when they speak to me, you know, I go in to that and 
um, you know, people can can tell if you're sincere or not. And and so I need to really be, um, you know, be ready. And and that's how that that is how I you know fulfill my purpose. If I demonstrate to someone else what God has done in my life, then I have something much better to say than just coming out and saying, "Hey, I've I've got religion, and so I'm doing this," you know, um, in a very like sort of um, check the box sort of way. Um, okay, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Heidi, for getting us started. Awesome. Okay, so we'd like to keep this going and hear from folks, but we, although we love hearing uh, from you, if you've shared in the last couple of days, namely uh, Monday or Friday, we ask that you please step aside so we can hear um, other people share their experience, strength, and hope as well. So who would like to share on what was read? Jimmy Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, Kelly let's F. start again. All right, Kelly, I Katie got you, G. but I... Harlan G. G. Harlan. Jimmy P. Harlan G. Ginny P., I think it was. All right. Yeah, sorry, that first group that came in, I, I only got Ginny P. out of that entire group. So if you want to try to come back in again. Katie G.? Yeah, Katie, I got you. Rasa O. Okay. Yep, Rasa, I got you. Priscilla H. Priscilla H. Loretta H. All right, we're going to hold there. All right, here we have. All right, Kelly S., Katie G., Harlan G., Jimmy P., Vasa O., Priscilla H., Loretta H. All right. Kelly, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, guys. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grateful to be here. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Um, I was so excited to get to share on this part of the paragraph. Um, So he's going to be more interested in demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. First of all, just that made me think about, you know, I I grew up in a raging alcoholic home, which I'm sure other people have too, but um, my dad was constantly saying he was sorry. And I remember as a little girl, even at an age like five, I, I remember thinking, he keeps saying he's sorry, but he does, he keeps doing it. And I remember then that I just didn't know why he wasn't changing but saying sorry. So I think it's important to make the direct amends, but I think this part is huge. And in fact, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about that was, you know, I've relapsed many times as I've shared on the line. You guys know this about me. And the last time I went through the steps, my sponsor, um, who is extremely loving and kind, so when she gets kind of, um, I don't know if you would call it stern or firm, <laughs> but she said, Kelly, something's got to change. You keep making the same amends to the same people. Something's got to change, right? And I think about, you know, we uh, ask God for neutrality with food, but we have a food plan. God's not going to zap the food right out of my mouth, right? So God's just not going to zap me. You know, I, I'm, I can't keep on lying. I can't keep on acting the way I was acting. You know, I have to have this behavior plan. So I have to have this demonstration. You know, what does that look like for me? So that's a huge part of my amends process is, yes, I go make the direct amends, but now I have to demonstrate that. So the people in my lives aren't like, she just keeps saying sorry. Why isn't she changing, right? And what is that all about? Our real purpose to fit ourselves to 
to be a maximum service to God. I used to always be like, oh, what's my purpose in life? You know, well, guess what? The big book really not only has the answer to how to do life, it has the answer to that question. And what does that mean? It means if I'm demonstrating this stuff, I'm showing people not just the power of the program, not just the power of the 12 steps, but the power of this God, of this higher power to show them that if we do this, that not only we can have neutrality with food, we can have a normal body weight, we can actually have healthy, successful relationships, we can live by spiritual principles, and I get to have all those things. And so today I'm learning to demonstrate these principles in all my affairs. I'm demonstrating the change. I'm demonstrating the power of God. And I'm so grateful today to have you guys, this book with instructions, a sponsor who says to me, something's got to change, and God is helping me with that change. With that, I pass. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Kelly. All right. We've got Katie G. followed by Harlan G. Go ahead, Katie. Hey, it's the G's. Good morning, Amy G. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is KG Recovered in Boston. I think that the line, um, fit myself to be of maximum service to God and those about me, is um, one of my favorite because I didn't know that it said fit. Just like uh, the sick man's prayer, I conveniently left out how can I be helpful. Like, I like to force myself to be of maximum service. And when I first made amends, I thought that I was built. Um, running around, you know, making the amends and saving the world and then coming on the meeting and telling you all that my family thinks I'm super great and all everything's been healed. And it's like I'm taking that white pair of jeans that never really fit and I'm trying to stuff my body into it. Right? I'm trying to stuff my body into who I think God wants me to be and what I think God wants me to do. And fitting myself to be of maximum service for me means like, okay, so in the beginning, you know, I, I've, I've gone to make many amends to my mom and she said no. Or I really wanted to make amends to my husband's family. Like really, like I've done some harm. He said no. And I, like me, when I'm thinking about me, myself, and I, it's like, well, I, I need to do this. And, uh, but I, I don't need to do that. I need to fit myself. Where does God want me to be? And um, I'll tell you what, this, this demonstration, you know, our previous speaker talked about this demonstration. And I continue um, to demonstrate where I need to grow and change and where God is going to be in my life. Like, my husband knows that my program of recovery is very important, and he's very honest with me. And I, he doesn't buy the apologies anymore. You know, I am struggling with two big new issues in my life, which include accountability on my spending, accountability on my time. And he doesn't want me to say I'm sorry anymore. In fact, the other day he said, we keep talking about this. We've talked about it, and the problem is it's getting worse. And so what is a demonstration? It's not me going and and saying, oh, honey, I have a Sunday special edition to deliver right now. Or, oh, honey, I, you know, I found God. I'm taking the girls to church. I'm going to get them baptized. No, you know what it is? It's writing down my numbers so he can see them. It's showing up. It's making a commitment to his family, to my family, and actually following through. You know, my husband, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he said, you told the girls you were going to do this, and now you're changing it. I am just coming to consciousness because of this program 
because I have such a loving God, he loves me so much. He continues to show me where I need to grow and change. So if you're new or any of these things are um, relating to you, trust me, God has such amazing plans. We get to be God's kids. I get to be God's girl today, perfect and growing and changing and demonstrating God. Thanks, Amy G. Thanks. Katie T from Massachusetts. All right, Harlan G, you're up, followed by Jimmy T. Go ahead, Harlan. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for your service this morning. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. For 17 years, from 1917 to 1934, Bill was an everyday drunk. In late November 1934, he will get a visit from Ebby Thatcher, and Ebby and Bill went to Oxford group meetings together, even though Bill was still drinking in late November and early December of 1934. Bill is in the Oxford group, but he'll go into the hospital for the final time, and he will get sober. And on December the 15th, 1934, he will work step 12, and on page 14 of the big book, it says, the thought came that there were thousands of alcoholics who might want what had been so freely given me. And he will get an epiphany in the aftermath of his spiritual experience that his mission in life is to help drunks. But in the Oxford group, he is being told something else. He is being asked, to get Wall Street people that he knew into the Oxford group movement. The Oxford group didn't want the drunks in their midst. They wanted Wall Street people. Why? Well, the Wall Street people had something the drunks didn't have, money. Some of them, it was the height of the Depression, but some of them had some money. And Bill insisted his mission in life was to help drunks, and they said to him constantly, you're not being maximum. You're not being maximum. This is an Oxford group expression at the time. 1937. There is a Tuesday night meeting of the Oxford group, not AA, of the Oxford group at Bill and Lois Wilson's house in Brooklyn, 182 Clinton Street. And people from the Oxford group are being asked not to attend because the Wilsons are not being maximum. And in the summer of 1937, Bill will pull the alcoholics out of the Oxford group and form what they didn't have a name for yet as AA. But Bill is giving the Italian salute to the Oxford group when he writes in his book three times, Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. What that says to me is listen to your God voice. Don't listen to the narcissistic nattering around you. Listen to your God voice. Can I be of maximum service while I'm eating Chips Ahoy? Sure, I can give you a ride to the store. Sure, I can loan you 10 bucks. No problem. But can I really be there for you if I'm in the food? No. Can I really be a friend to my friends if I'm in the food? No. And I certainly can't be of maximum service if I'm in the food. That's for sure. And with that, I will pass. 
Thank you so much, Harlan G. from Arizona. Okay, Ginny P., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Ginny. It's Penny P. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, recovered, okay. compulsive overeater. When I was making amends, I just came out of Raider Institute in Tulsa, and I cried for two weeks in that group. And I went through half of the steps. So I was at this step and I ran into these two people, a husband and wife that owned the restaurant that I stole money at, Diamond Jacks in Tulsa. And they were now owning a furniture store and I had stole money from them. So I told my sponsor and she was accountant. I was accountable to her to make these amends, but I had to have the money to take in there to make amends with. So it took several months before I could have the money. And and uh, I went in there and made amends to those people. And that helped me to get on with my recovery because that was one of the amends that I had not done my first time around in the steps in another program. So that really helped me to get on with the steps. And that's all I have to share today. And I appreciate everybody being here. And thanks for your service. Uh, thank you, Penny P. from Oklahoma. We have Boss O followed by Priscilla H. And just a reminder to folks, if you got on a few minutes late, we are on page 77, we're starting at the third line, our real purpose, going seven sentences down to the end of that paragraph, uh, spiritual discoveries. Okay, Vasa, oh, Thank you're up. Thank you. Good morning. I believe it's Kelly. Thank you for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts, way back home. We are snowbirds, Florida to Massachusetts, but anyways, it's good to be at the meet good to be at the meeting and I love the reading this morning. And uh I had a religion. I was afraid I didn't want someone to suck me in their religion, so I was so grateful to to find a power greater than myself. That's what I wanted to hear. And uh I was really relieved that the you know, the first couple of meetings I went, it was like in an office or it was in the hospital somewhere. It wasn't in the churches. I, I just, I don't know, there was just a fear of God or something at that time. And yes, I'm so grateful that we, m- most of my meetings I met in the basements of the churches today. And I remember when I was, I, I was asked to speak at one of the meetings, I think it was like after six months I had abstinence. And I remember going upstairs at the church on the altar and praying to God, Please give me the power, give me the strength to to do this. I was terrified of being in front of groups and speaking, and so. But anyways, I maximum service for me is uh, what to to help others. What has been given to me so justly. I've been in this program for years and years. And number one, it started. I said to my sponsor, well, "I have nothing to give in." She said, well, how is God working in your life? How is your higher power taking care of your food addiction at the beginning? And she said, you could start doing that. You tried to do it for 25 years of your life. 
you couldn't get, you know, you can get your abstinence, you can put the food down, and that's where to start. How is God helping you in that area? And gradually, little by little, I started opening up, talked about my bulimia, anorexia, and how God was giving me strength just to go from one day to the next, one meal at a time, and to give up those alcoholic foods that were not good for my body that was putting. So what I do, what I demonstrate, it's what I've learned uh, over the years, the 12 steps, you know. And uh, I, my husband was not happy with me going out and doing what I was doing, you know. So, and uh, after a while, he liked me. He liked the changes in me. And he supported, you know, he'd say, don't forget your meeting, you know. And when when we moved to Florida, he was the one to find me a meeting, you know, to get on the computer, find me a meeting over there. So uh, I'm just so grateful that the changes that my family have observed over the years, and they trust, you know, my program, what I do, because I can be a power of example, you know, going through the steps, you know, going through the fourth and the fifth step and especially doing the ninth step, making amends to other people and to my husband. That's why he likes it. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O from Massachusetts. It's actually Amy G, but that's okay. I can be Kelly too. (laughs) All right. Priscilla H, you're up, followed by Loretta H, and then we're going to take some more names. Go ahead, Priscilla. Thank you so much. This is Priscilla H. Grateful to be recovered and recovering in New Jersey. And um, I love this this paragraph, this half of a long paragraph that we're reading today. Somebody raised the question uh, in our unrecorded meeting a few days ago about living amends. Living amends. Is there such a thing as living amends? And there was some discussion of that. And um, even though that term is not found, those two words back-to-back may not be found in the big book, living amends, but to me this paragraph, this half-paragraph, is the perfect definition of living amends, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Isn't that living amends for the life I lived before, where my maximum purpose was to uh, protect myself? And then at the bottom of the paragraph, a demonstration of goodwill, not just talk, but a demonstration of goodwill. That's, to me, living amends. So thanks for letting me share on that topic. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Priscilla H. from New Jersey. We are now going to get Loretta H. on the line. Please go ahead, Loretta. Loretta, star one? Yes, ma'am. Good morning, Amy, and good morning all along with my precious God who is saving my life, Loretta H. Recovered in North Carolina. I looked up the word maximum and beneficial because that is kind of what this um, paragraph entails, and action is um, 
I'm sorry. I didn't look up action. I looked up maximum service, and it's action louder than words, and then beneficial is resulting in good. And this is where, um, as a girl growing up in a religion that had confession, I proceeded to go there and never change or never have um, actions louder than bless me, Father, for I've sinned. And today I'm so grateful that this is not the character defense I have anymore. And I, in about four or five years ago, I actually made amends to my church or to the Catholic church because of my um, contempt for them and what I thought they did to me. And it was received beautifully. Um, my priest was just very generous. We actually, there was no booth, so I could look him in the eye. And that's what it's all about, that I can present myself as this changed person um, with this polished heart. And today I'm so happy that I do that because I, I even have a relationship with my priest. And that was like, as a little girl, that was something that, I, you know, that was like having a, a relationship with God, which I do today, but I could never imagine myself having any type of relationship with somebody of that esteem. And today I do because I did change my ways, and that's what is different between going to confession and being in this program, because if I don't change my ways, I am going to um, use food because I use food to cover up all my uh, emotions. And today I can release my emotions with my um, eight and nine. And also I'm doing a step four and I finished up today. And it works if you work it. And somebody said faith without works is dead, but work without faith is dead too. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Loretta H. from North Carolina. Okay. Who else would like to share on what was read? We are on page 77, third line in, our real purpose, uh, going down to the end of that paragraph. Who would like to share? Melissa C. Heather H. Lisa C. Melissa C. Lisa C. Heather H. P.B. Heather H. Ruby. Liz E. Liz, L-O-U-B. Oh, Lou V. Okay, gotcha. Probably take a couple more. All right. We've got Melissa C, Melissa C, P-B, Heather H, Noel J. I'm sorry, who was that? Joanne B. Noel J. Okay, Noel J and Joanne B. We're going to hold there. Uh, Joanne B and Noel. I think you said K. You can correct me later. All right, Melissa C, you are up. Grab the mic, girl. Let's go. Hey, good morning. Thanks so much, Amy, for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, you know, I read this and I'm like, wait, that's my purpose. You know, I think like even today, sometimes I have to say, wait, 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 isn't my purpose like 
I don't know, something else, something that doesn't sound like like so much work, like to actually fit myself. I thought, like, I don't know, it would be fun to make my purpose be, like, be something that I want to be and let everything else fit me and my purpose. And I think that's, you know, just I'm always reminded of the importance of, of how we do the steps in sequential order and that step three really is where I define that my purpose is no longer going to be focused on me but on but on God and how God wants me to show up in the world. And, you know, I'm thinking like a really, like a, example like current right now that um you know my family they they love me very much they're really grateful that I have latched on to this way of life but they're not really you know thrilled with my spiritual talk they are more concerned with my spiritual walk and basically how do I show up for them how how am I a changed person in their world and you know one of my amends that I had made um was I I like big events I like big parties I like a lot of show um and and I used to like force my kids to have these like ridiculous birthday parties looking back and they didn't like it you know my kids would be like upset and um, and I did it repeatedly, and I made the amend, right? And it was like, okay, I, I promised that I told them that I felt bad that I did that to them, and and it was selfish, and I'm going to do my best not to. Well, fast forward, my daughter just got married, and um, it was nothing like I wanted at all. And I, I was like, I had to sort of uh, like bite my tongue a lot because – you know, she she's um, she married another woman, and I felt like my family would think the reason it was such a small party was because I was embarrassed by it. And so I'm like, that. you know, I wanted to, like, make a big party to sort of show. And that's not fitting myself to be of maximum service. The real fit, the demonstration is I'm not concerned with other people worry about how I feel about how I look, you know, in terms, this was my daughter's wedding. And so the best, most beneficial thing I could do was show up, open up my pocketbook, you know, pay, pay for what I would normally pay for and, um, and, and, and greet her with love and respect and kindness. And that's the demonstration for me today of how I live these principles. And, um, and that's what my family cares about most with that. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Melissa C. from New York. All right, Lisa C., you're up, followed by Pete B. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Good morning. My name is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, what a great meeting, and um, what a great paragraph, too. I, um, I, really, I really love this concept, right, to be of maximum service to God and the people about us, right? Um, I really believe that, you know, God's, God's got this and everything that happens is part of a constellation of events that I don't have the human capacity to even begin to be aware of. But if I trust God, then little things are shown to me, you know, like I have a silly example of, you know, um, I, I drive into New York City every day to work, and I have a parking pass to park on the street. Um, but sometimes I can't find a spot, and there are a lot of people who park in our spots who don't have the parking pass, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, this is a frustrating thing. 
Um, but there is a parking garage, uh, a lot, just about a, a you know three minute walk from my building. And when I park there, I always give a Thank generous you. tip because my father was a parking garage attendant, and he never made a lot of money. Um, but I always see him in those parking garage attendants, right? And so I give a generous tip. And the the man who who works there, he's always so grateful when I come. I think to myself, maybe he really needs my $5 today, right? This is not just about me parking and getting into my building. This is about me moving through the world with grace and with God's love and guidance and and accepting that things that look like setbacks often aren't. Um, and I also really think that, you know, there is a level of selfishness around, I've had this spiritual awakening and I am at peace and I'm walking with God and I want to shout it from the rooftops, Right. Um, but that's not going to work for everybody. That's not going to work for a lot of people, right? So to, to move quietly, to know that in my bones that that's really what's going on and to, to kind of be an example and that slowly God will let me know if this is a conversation I should be having with a person or if I just need to be a compassionate listener. Um, so that's, that's all I've got, but I'm, I'm so grateful and, and thank you all. I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa C. Pete B., you're up, followed by Heather H. Please go ahead, Pete. Thanks, Amy. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks so much for taking the meeting. You do such a fantastic job with your service. And uh, anyway, you know, you, you think about this step, right? Like, what we're doing here is simply reconciling the wrongs from our past. To the person we offended, there's no need to make some kind of significant spiritual announcement that I'm making. I'm, I'm returning what I stole from you. I'm, ret- I'm giving back what I deprived you of. Right? We're, 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 we make a big deal out of doing what we're supposed to have. Been, what we're supposed to do, right? So that, that's why I say there's no need to go in you know, with my cloak and, you know, and walk in and, and tell somebody, oh, I'm on a mission from God to give you back something that I took from you, right? We, we you know, unfortunately, like we, we, needed, we need to be treated special for doing what we're supposed to be doing in the first place, right? So the, the job here in this step is to right the wrongs from the past. We often hear, and we say it every day, what OAs, the over the fellowship of overeaters anonymous has a primary purpose that is to stay abstinent and help and carry the message to other compulsive overeaters right like that's the that's the primary purpose of overeaters anonymous but this paragraph right here tells me with what me as a recovered individual what my purpose is my purpose is to fit myself to be of maximum service to god and to my fellows, and that means all my fellows, in all my walks of life, in everything that I do, right? That power of example just doesn't exist on this phone line or, you know, in my face-to-face meetings. That power of example exists in every single aspect of my life, right? A book tells us that a a much more important demonstration of these principles lies before us in our homes, our occupations, and affairs. And guess what? My family, they don't care about my eloquent, passionate, pursuit of big book knowledge and history. They don't care about that. They care about what I'm bringing to the table. 
how am I bringing this, this spirituality that I claim to have into my existence? Have I actually ceased fighting everybody or everything, or I can't leave the bed without doing a 10-step, without making a reach-out call, right? Am I being a demonstration of my God's love, my God's will, my God's way of life into everything that I do? Because if I'm not, but we said earlier, I'm just going to continue to be harmful. I'm going to continue to hurt others. You know, sorry was a very popular word. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But then I go do the same thing over and over again, right? I, my job is to be the best example of a, of, of a man in recovery that I can possibly good walk, that I possibly can walk in hand in hand the sunlight of the spirit. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pete B. Uh, Heather H., you're up, followed by Lou B. Go ahead, Heather. Star one. Not here, Heather H. Hi, Amy. This is Heather H. in Texas. And um, can you hear me now? I sure can. Okay, good enough. Um, I don't think I can say any more than what um, some other people have shared on the line this morning. But um, I'll just add or or, uh, redouble the effort. And um, I just want to say, particularly with my youngest brother, okay, I've been going around for 41 years saying I'm sorry, and then doing the exact same thing. And, um, and I mean, this has happened on like a monthly basis, and it's ridiculous. I mean, I've been writing ninth steps and, um, you know, turning around and then just saying I'm sorry. And I didn't realize it meant... I never got it through my thick skull that it meant I needed to change my behavior and until this year. And that is uh, ridiculous. I mean, that's so thick-skulled. Um, but anyway, um, so I'm just now starting to change my behavior toward him. And it's really showing up in my life. And I feel so good about it. Um, I'm starting to change my behavior to mostly my resentments have been about my family members. And um, mostly um, I just need to change my behavior toward them and everybody else. And so I'll just go, go and leave it like that and pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Heather H. from Texas. All right, Lou B., you're up, followed by Joanne B. Please go ahead, Lou. Good morning. Good morning, Amy. This is Lou B. from, uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, also from Texas. And (laughs) listening to the shares this morning, I feel like I've already shared like five or six times because so many people Mm -hmm. have said exactly have told my story, you know, um, my example of saying, I'm sorry. And then continuing to do the same thing was when my 17 year old son was about 10 years ago, looked at me and said, no more mom, 
you're not allowed to say I'm sorry ever again. Or I don't know if he said ever again. He said, he said, no more I'm sorry. You know, no more I'm sorry. Quit doing it. Change your behavior. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and I had been in the rooms for a while at that point. But when he said that, it just, like, smacked me in the face. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, he's right. You know, in, in other words, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I didn't even realize I was saying I'm sorry and continuing to, you know, do the same thing. Well, now, he, you know, he was a teenager, so I couldn't do a whole lot right at that point in his life. But still, you know, when he said that, like, no more, no more, I'm sorry. It's like, wow. And And it was interesting because then I was like, well, well, then what do I do, you know? So he really, he really helped me actually learn, you know, to implement my program and to demonstrate my, my, my changed behavior, you know? And, um, and I did begin to change my behavior at that time. Is it perfect today? No, but is it better? Yes, for sure it is. So, um, yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was earlier someone said about, you know, can I, can I be of maximum service to others when I'm in the food? And the answer, of course, is no. And that's the answer for me as well. But this past week, um, I had some things going on. And I, uh, you know, even though I'm recovered, I'm still an addict and I'm still a, a human being. And and I I chose to do some different actions than I usually do. And even though the food wasn't in my mouth, my spiritual condition was not uh, at a place where I could be of maximum service to people. I was still being of service, but I wasn't, I don't believe I was being of maximum service. And I actually stood somebody up and, ooh, that, and then felt a lot of guilt and shame about it, you know? And it, I mean, looking back on it, and I've talked to my sponsor about it, you know, looking back on it, it's like, it was so predictable. But when I was in it, I just, I thought, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I, just for this day, you know, I'm not going to do blah, blah, blah. And, oh my gosh, it, it sneaks up on me so quickly. So, um, you know, I've been around a long time and I've been a, I've been a compulsive overeater for a long time and, you know, my, my disease is progressing. Right. And so when, when I step out of, um, the sunlight of the spirit and when I, when I, when I don't take, you know, some actions, it really, it really shows. And, and, um, you know, today I I hear it. I hear it. I'll pass with that. Thank you, Ruby from Texas. All right, so we've got Joanne B and Noel K. I think it is. We've got five minutes. If you guys go two and a half, two and a half, we should be good to go. All right, Joanne, please go ahead. Uh, good morning. I'm Joanne B um, from Vermont. I'm a uh, recovered um, overeater, and right now I'm actually in Florida where it's been raining a lot the last two days. Um, anyway, um, I just wanted to share because I don't get to share on this meeting very often. And I listen to it like almost every morning on my way to work. And it's been so helpful to me in my recovery. I'm new to OA, fairly new to OA. I came in in October. Um, anyway, but a couple things I wanted just to mention and, and touch upon um, was, you know, the whole point of having a purpose and that whole notion of well, what's my purpose what's my purpose what what's you know i was searching for that you know my whole life really and um what i came to understand after doing the steps again is that um, it doesn't really have anything to do with what i want necessarily or at all 
um, and it's to be of maximum um, service to my fellows. And this is just like was such a light bulb moment for me um, in in this program and in my spiritual development that I, as long as I'm doing the right thing or what I think God wants me to do, then that's what I should be doing. Um, and it's not about what I want um, at all. It's about what I can give like to other people, um, but not like in a martyr type way, but just um, be aware of, of how I can be of maximum help to people. And in just listening to this meeting, I'm learning. Like I just learned, you know, it, that this whole thing about saying sorry and then correcting yourself, like actually correcting that behavior uh, that you're saying sorry for, that you're making amends for. And I have one example of my sister. My sister, I made an amends to her. And she talked to me and said, you know, basically there's a lot of times where you make me feel like, judged or make me feel like you seem like you're you make like that you're smarter than me and whatever it is and whatever I'm doing is making her feel that way I guess um and I've had to look at that and I'm like oh my god you know so now I'm really looking at that character defect and how it I've been doing that for a long time in a very subtle way so I'm learning it's such a learning process um, and I love this meeting, and um, I wish everybody a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne B. from Vermont. Uh, Noelle K., you can take us out. A little shy of three minutes here. Hi, I'm Noelle J., like Jaguar in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, recovered, not cured this morning. Wow, this has been an incredible meeting, and I'm so, so grateful. Um. My purpose, my real purpose, is higher power's will for me. And higher power's will for me is not my will. I have to release and surrender my self-will to my higher power's will. And in my experience, that inevitably produces resistance for me. So to know that my purpose will produce resistance is such a helpful thing to understand in this program. And I'm also recognizing that I don't have to, you know, I come to this meeting every day. I'm, I'm in OA. I talk to my sponsor. I'm in the big book, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing all the things, but I don't have to force an understanding of this, of these spiritual concepts. I don't have to force, recovery. Um, if I continue to be on this path and I continue to recover and I continue to surrender my will to God's will for me, which is inevitably my purpose, his will, God will show me, God will show me what, what I need to see. And it's such a different experience. I'm, I'm having a moment because I, I'm having this experience of oh, no, I've experienced this. This is not just something that I'm reading on the page right now. I've experienced being in situations where I was going into it one way and 
higher power's will for me, higher power's purpose, the real reason that I was there was revealed to me after the fact, but only because I surrendered my will to my higher power's will, only because I allowed myself to do the thing, to set my will aside and to do the thing that my higher power was calling me to do. Um, Incredibly grateful to be recovered. Thank you. Thank you so much, Noelle J. I'm sorry, I missed what state you were from. I'm in Pennsylvania. Thank you so much, Noelle J. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, April 24, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,191. 20,191-20191. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Would Barb W., Barbara W., please go ahead and read that for us. Morning. Barb W., gracefully recovered, compulsive overeater in Illinois. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you so much, Barb.